get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Ed Wade was the Phillies GM from 97 to 05. He was with the Astros from 2011 or 2007 rather to 2011 as their general manager as well. So I love getting a general manager's perspective as we kind of look forward to this offseason. Ed, we sincerely appreciate the time today. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Absolutely. So the Cardinals have some huge questions going into this offseason. They have Paul DeYoung at shortstop right now, and he's had an up and down season, a little bit of a rough year. They've got him under under contract for four years and forty three million dollars, which is a very good value for him. But you look into this offseason and there's four different stud shortstops that are hitting the market. Let's start with this, Ed. How do you know that a player is the guy to go all in on? Because these guys are going to cost a ton of money in a lot of years. How do you convince yourself that that's the specific guy that's worthy of going seven, eight, nine years and 30 plus million dollars per year on? <laughs> well, if, even at this point in time, those are hard numbers to swallow. <laughs> uh, length of contract. I remember back in the old days where, where we, we stretched out those types of deals and and thought that we had learned our lesson and deals got shorter. Uh, you know, I, I really think a, a big thing that, that takes place in, in every organization is trying to determine the time and circumstance, where you are at that particular time. When it comes to free agency, uh, whether, whether you're adding a player just for PR value, which is always dangerous, or if you think you're, that you're close enough uh, to, to really turning a corner, you know, I, and I've experienced both ends of that. I, I, I can remember just you know, in, in sort of anticipation of, of the question, an assistant general manager in, in Philadelphia at the end of the 92 season, Lee Thomas, who spent a, a lot of time with the Cardinals, did a great job in player development, was our general manager. And there, were, there was a push for, uh, in, within the organization for us to chase David Cohn as a free agent, and, and Lee resisted that because we had finished like 26 games out of first place and thought that we were sort of a stalking horse on, on – uh, on that type of guy, but Lee went out instead and, and got uh, Incavilla, Jim Eisenreich, Milt Thompson, Larry Anderson, and added a whole bunch of other guys. We ended up going to the World Series in '93 against the uh, against the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. You know, fast forward then to when I was general manager and we were trying to build that core nucleus in Philadelphia, and, and got uh, within a year of moving into Citizens Bank Park, and we had told our fans that when we got out of the vet, that uh, the things would change economically. 
And so, uh, you know, we went out and signed Jim Tomey and David Bell and a couple of other guys, and, and I think it, it did a couple of things. First, it legitimized what we were trying to tell our fans with, with regard to what we were going to do, but also adding a guy like Jim Tomey gave us time to, uh, to develop Ryan Howard a little bit longer, and he was able to, he being Jim, was able to work with that core nucleus of guys like Utley and Burl and, and Jimmy Rollins to sort of, sort of get them to the next level. So you really have to look at your organization and say, where are we right now from, the, uh, from a timing standpoint? Does it make sense for us to go out there and chase a big guy uh, with big numbers attached to him and long years attached to him? Or is there another approach that we should be taking to try to get to the finish line? You know, Ed, the player that Cardinals fans would focus in on is Paul DeYoung and the struggles that he has had, not just this season, but for the last few seasons. When it comes to a player who has control and money, a team-friendly contract, basically, and then you look at a guy that goes to the market, say Corey Seager or Carlos Correa, uh, when does a front office look at a player and say, okay, well, the struggles offensively outweigh the team-friendly contract that you have? Well, I, I think that's an analysis that, that has to be ongoing. Uh, you're always looking at your personnel that you've got internally and whether they're hitting the marks that you think are, are sufficient enough to, to, to try to retain the player, knowing that he's, he's got uh, there, there is an attractiveness to him because of, because of a previous track record and, and as you say, a team-friendly contract. And, but, but, again, you have to hold that against the backdrop. Those other premium shortstops that you just talked about that, that have a chance to be out there or premium players that are going to be out there, uh, everybody's looking at those and saying, you know, do we do we do we take a chance on on a free agent in this market, or do we have enough to to build a deal that makes sense for us to go to St. Louis and and get their player with an anticipation that he's going to hit his marks going forward? So these are these are ongoing discussions that take place again in any organizations that are trying to trying to aggressively improve their their position going forward. We're talking to Ed Wade. He was the Phillies GM from 97 to 05, and then he was with the Astros as their general manager in the mid-2000s as well. Ed, I don't know how much you've been able to watch Carlos Correa in particular, given your background down in Houston, but he's a guy we've really talked quite a bit about, uh, given his free agency coming up. Is he the type of player that if you were still a general manager today, you would be very interested in acquiring on a long-term deal? No, I, I think that's certainly the case. I, I am a little bit detached at this point in time from from seeing him on a regular basis, and and he was a draftee the year after uh, the club was sold there, so I didn't have any personal contact with him. But but everything that I've heard about him from a makeup standpoint has been outstanding. Uh, I know Bobby Heck was the scouting director at the time when they drafted him, and I know Bobby's uh, you know Bobby's track record on on finding those type of character guys with talent. Uh, th- there's a lot of good stuff there in in a guy like Correa. And uh, from a, from a, an age standpoint, experience standpoint, a lot a lot of a lot of real you know green lights there to to try to go and 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 fit him into the right circumstance, right situation. Obviously, that's been the case in Houston since he's been there, and and. Uh, to have an opportunity to go out and talk about a guy like that, certainly you've got to at least explore it and see where it goes from there. When you're looking at giving out these long-term deals, whether it be with Correa or a guy like Corey Seager would fit into this mix as well, the injuries are something that fans bring up a lot. How much of a pause would that give you when you're potentially signing a guy to eight-plus years, as we talked about earlier, but in their history, they haven't had a long-sustained career of playing 130-plus games? It's a risk, you know, and you used to be able to in the old days. I'm sure, sure there are still some contracts out there that are insured. Uh, in the old days, the, it was sort of standard that you could get those types of uh, of protections through a through an insurance policy. But they've become few and far between, and 
And when you have something like that, even if you can get one in place, there's so many exclusions. Any, any, any prior injury that the player's ever experienced isn't going to be covered by it. So you, you've got to, got to take a big gulp before you move in that direction. Uh, you know, obviously the evaluators that you've got, your scouts and others, uh, are, are going to try to give you their, their best feel on, on where the player is. A lot of medical information has to be, uh, has to be looked into to try to make sure that you're not making, uh, making a deal that looks great on the surface because the guy may have had a good two or three months, looks healthy, but you've really got to pay attention to that track record because uh, when you're stretched out that far on a deal, if it all of a sudden becomes a quote-unquote dead contract, uh, you're really going to uh, you're, you're going to pay you're going to pay the, the the price going forward. You know it's it's almost as dangerous as as all the deferred compensation that uh, that seems to show up every every three or four years and clubs learn their lessons and it doesn't happen for a while and the next thing you know it's back again. It's uh, it can really really impede you going forward uh, for a number of years if you've got a player that you thought was going to be healthy and turns out not to be. Ed, how much does it come into the conversation and the consideration when you already have a lot of money dedicated to two positions in your infield? In the Cardinals' sense, they got the money dedicated to Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, and then you feel like you need an upgraded shortstop, and that's going to cost a lot. Does that even come into consideration, how much money's dedicated? Yeah, economics are always going to play a part in, in, in the equation, uh, whether you're a small market club or large market club or where you whether you're coming off a championship season or, or think that you've got a chance to contend going forward, um, you know, in a perfect scenario, you've got uh, you've got enough depth in your system where you're covering a lot of positions with homegrown talent that that hasn't reached that econ- economic level yet. But you know, if you're a player or two away and uh, and you know that the guys you have under contract aren't going to be there forever, sometimes you've got to be aggressive and step on the accelerator and and. Uh, and try to do something that's going to get you there sooner rather than later. Is there consideration on the position player side on where that money is spent specifically, Ed? Like if you've got, as Alex said, the, the first baseman and the third baseman locked up to big term, big long-term deals, is there is there hesitation to do that on your middle infield with a shortstop as well? Or do you not worry about that and you just know, hey, money allocation is money allocation. We're going to spin this somewhere. Yeah, you're little, I, my my feeling is you're looking for the best player available that fits into your in, into your lineup, and you know it, it, it's it's been uh, forever and a day that the middle the middle of the diamond is very very important to you. Uh, offense has become every every position these days is really an offensive position. You're not going out there looking for glove guys, you know the uh, you know the, the the defense first type of guys. But if you've got that, if you've got the ability to improve yourself up the middle uh, defensively. Uh, and and also have that offensive element. It makes first of all the defensive part of it makes your pitching staff better. Uh, as tough as it is to go out and get quality pitching, uh, the the type of depth the clubs are looking for these days. If you you can improve your pitching by improving your defense, that's that's another way to go about it. So I, I don't think you restrict yourself from the standpoint of uh, of what positions you're you're more apt to uh, to invest in. You've got to look at your need at that particular time. See see how the investment carries forward with regard to the depth in your system and and where uh, where you may be blocking prospects that have a chance to be that kind of guy going forward. So there's a lot of different uh, a lot of different variables involved. But I I would not restrict myself if you've got a got a chance to get a quality uh, a quality middle of the infield guy or a uh, a good defender in center field or obviously a guy behind the plate who knows how to run a 
run a game and, and also provide the offensive element. I think you've got to be open-minded about it. Ed, final one from me. How much from a general manager's perspective do you take into consideration a busy offseason for your team when, your other, when other teams in your division are having success, much like the Cardinals right now, and then they look at the Brewers and Reds, and they, of course, are tearing it up this season? Well, you, you've, you've got to first and foremost you know, focus on your own club. Uh, you're, you're, at the end of the day, you've got to know what you've got in your system. You've got to know uh, what, what, your, what your own scouts are saying. You can't get caught up in, in sort of the white noise that gets created by, by what other teams uh, might be doing. Uh, it can't be, you know, let's one-up the next guy. We've got to do a better deal than they did, or we've got to match their deal, deal for deal. You've got to be comfortable with your club and, uh, and say, these are, the, these are our needs. This is what we think gets us to the finish line and, uh, and, and put everything together from there. Final thing that I've got for you, and we'll get you out of here on this, Ed. Thanks so much for the time today. The Cardinals have a young pitcher by the name of Alex Reyes. He was one of the top prospects in the sport about four years ago, and he went through a ton of injuries. He's finally made his way back, and this year he was an all-star for them, but he's on pace to finish with about 70 innings or so. They've talked a lot about making him back into a starter, which is what he came up as originally. How much hesitation is there as a general manager of putting a guy like Reyes, who's maybe going to throw 70 innings this year, into the starting rotation where he could throw 150 plus the year after he throw that through that few innings? Uh, I, I think I, I always feel that you've got to exhaust every opportunity to develop starting pitching. Uh, you know, there are a lot of guys, and this, this goes back forever in, in our industry, there are a lot of guys who broke in uh, in the bullpen or may, you know, may have been starters, converted to relievers once they got to the big leagues and then, and then went back the other way. The Phillies are going through that right now with, uh, with Suarez, who pitched last night for them, and they're actually doing it in the middle of the season uh, in a pennant race, trying to take a guy who was doing a really good job for them in the bullpen getting him back into the rotation, which is what he was doing at the minor league level. I've got, I think you've got to exhaust those opportunities. Uh, bullpen guys are they're difficult. The, the quality ones are difficult to find, but, but bar, by and large, you know, bullpens tend to become a little bit fungible, uh, but to find quality starting pitching uh, at, at any level is, is, is very, very critical. So you know, if, if the Cardinals feel that they've got the opportunity to, to cover their bullpen their bullpen needs going forward and can get this kid back into a starting rotation uh, circumstance, then it probably behooves them to, uh, to exhaust every opportunity to do that. Hey, Ed, we always appreciate the time. Thank you so much for hopping on with us today. All the best to you and yours, and we'll talk with you again soon. Thank you very much. Bye. Peloton's best offer of the season is here. Get up to $300 off accessories when you purchase a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Choose from a variety of accessories, like our cycling shoes, a heart rate monitor, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. This limited-time offer ends November 28th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer starts November 14th and ends November 28th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. The Wendy's $3 breakfast deal is here. Get a bacon or sausage egg and Swiss croissant plus a small seasoned potatoes. That's a better breakfast for just three bucks in three easy steps. One, wake up. <sighs> Two, get out of bed. And three, head to Wendy's for your $3 breakfast deal. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's $3 breakfast deal. Limited time only. Participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Select or request $3 breakfast deal in order to obtain discount. Not valid for all card or combos orders. Price and participation may vary in Alaska and Hawaii.